finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. Today's Callahan Show is sponsored by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and use code word JERRY for huge discounts. For example, you can get the standard MyPillow, which is normally $69.98 for only $19.98 with code word JERRY. I'd call that a huge discount. MyPillow is made in the USA, and it comes with a 10-year warranty. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you will ever sleep on. Makes an excellent gift. Get it now. And you can support this show and you can strike back against canceled culture. As you know, like us, Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the canceled culture mob. By purchasing from MyPillow, not only are you helping this show, you're fighting back against canceled culture. MyPillow isn't in the big box stores anymore, so you can get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using code word Jerry. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, it is January 20th right now. That means one year, one year of the uh, Biden regime. They were inaugurated one year ago today. And I think most of America has the same question today as we had 365 days ago. And it is, that is the president? That is the commander in chief? It is a question that uh, you can't help but ask yourself as you watch and listen to this empty husk of a man, this uh, this rotten cantaloupe of a man, as Matt Walsh called him uh, last night. A pretty good description. Uh, I can't believe. I can't believe we're supposed to have three more years of this. I can't believe he's going to hold up for three more years. There's no way. It was... It was highly entertaining for me to watch, and it was on Twitter, and I bounced around watching cable news, watching some people, some supporters of Joe Biden pretend, act as if this were a success, this two-hour, this one-hour and 52-minute uh, slog through, uh, through the statement he made, through the questions, which were scripted for a while, and then he went off script, and it went sideways. And you and I were just talking, Carano. We were trying to narrow it down to, I don't know, three or four lowlights, not a lot of highlights, three or four uh, takeaways, and it's impossible. I've got it's 10 impossible. cuts here. Like, all of them would be indicative of what happened yesterday, which was an and, absolute debacle. If, if, if you just did video, I'd say, let's just get the pauses, the uncomfortable pauses. I'm not kidding when I said... I was having some Wi-Fi issues in my TV the last couple of days upstairs was was freezing on yes. occasion, but it would it just freeze for a second. And I thought it kept freezing. I'm not kidding. Yes. And I'm going, what what happened again? And it was just him trying to gather his thoughts. And it, and, and it makes me think of his wife, Dr. Jill, and his family members who forced this on him. Who, who push him up there on stage and say, okay, you're in charge of the, you're the leader of the free world. Uh, do your best. He's not up for the job. He's, he's, he's physically incapable. He's unfit to use uh, the line from uh, James Rosen, Newsmax reporter who used his one 
question to ask a damn good question. Very we'll good get one. to that. Are you are you cognitively fit? And obviously he answered, you know, yeah, I'm fine. But we all know if we watched, if anybody, I don't care who you are, if you're Hunter Biden and you watch this, if you're Yamichi Alcinder, you you say she might say one thing on Twitter or one thing on whatever show she's on, but she knows in her heart, she knows he's not up for the job. And there's one one myth I want to dispel before we get to the highlights, the lowlights. Yeah. Is one year, go back one year ago today, and there will be, uh, again, the, the, the Biden's team and, the, and his allies in the media will tell you, you know, he inherited a tough situation. That's not true. That's 100% false. Go back one year ago today. It was set up for a damn good first year for the 46th president. Think of it. With the the unemployment rate was through the roof, but it was artificial. Yeah. It was because of the it was because of COVID. We all knew once, you know, you got the vaccines, he was given three vaccines. He was given a, a again a, a, a economy that was primed to recover. We knew whether it was Biden or Trump or someone else who took office, there would be a recovery. Everything he's done in the last 365 days has been has slowed that process down. He should be riding high. He should be saying, you know, what a glorious first year. Instead, he says, yeah, it was a great first year. I outperformed expectations <laughs> right, right. and we made, quote, <laughs> enormous progress. And that belong- that deserved the SNL laugh track. I, I can't name one thing that he hasn't failed on, that the Biden administration hasn't completely screwed up. Not one thing. It's a, it's Afghanistan, point, COVID, you, not, not, you, nothing. You, 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 there isn't one. Give me something. There isn't one. Jerry Callahan, he I looked- look to you. Give me something. <laughs> it's, um, you know what? Uh, he's done wonders for the Republican Party. He's <laughs> yes. this shifted the poll. The, the party identification numbers have shifted like 14 percent historic shifts from D to R. And everybody's waiting for the big red wave in November, which is why, again, they're pushing this voter fraud bill so they can nationalize elections and stem the you know, stop the, the tide here. But uh, you can't you can't come up with anything. We had, you know, he had. Peace, relative peace. He had peace in the Middle East. He had a relatively stable situation in Afghanistan. No one had died in a year and a half in in combat. I mean, you could question whether we would belong there, and I did that every day. But you don't. But you can't give Biden credit for the way he pulled out. And we'll get to that because that could have been the most the, the most repulsive answer he had all day. And again, if you didn't watch. You know, we got the highlights for you, the lowlights for you. It was endless. He went for 112 minutes when I didn't think he could do anything no. for, I, I, you know, for 112 minutes. Um, and Rachel Maddow, one of his allies, one of his PR people, said afterwards, this was a show of stamina to show uh, Vladimir Putin that he still uh, had stamina. The bar is well, so low. It's such a low bar for that man. <laughs> Do you think that worked? No. Do you think Vladimir Putin said, boy, he can stand up straight and ramble and bumble and stumble and stutter for an hour and 12, uh, hour and 52 minutes. I better watch it. If I'm Putin, I'm thing- like, I'm like, I got this. Don't worry. This guy's nothing. I got this. It, it, I mean, it, the, the idea that the longer he stayed out there, I'm, and I'm telling you, everyone was making jokes about where Jen Psaki was, whether she was, you know, doing drugs or drinking herself <laughs> into a stupor. She's watching this guy, her boss out there, just 
just flailing, just falling on his face. And he kept looking at his watch saying, I'll go another hour. I'll go another 20 minutes. And you're going, I don't think that's what your people want. No, I don't think that's going to serve your purpose. But he stayed out there. I guess I'll give him credit. He took unapproved questions. And you can almost see the line yes. when he went from the scripted questions and, you know, reading the names. And by the way, he can't handle last names. It's just Joe from the AP, uh, J- Jane from uh, New York Times. I mean, these are people he's been around his entire, you know, well, not his, some of them, yeah, some of them have been around for 20, 30 years, and he doesn't know their names. He just knows their friends, their supporters. But he wanted to show whoever that he could do a long Trump-like press conference. So he started calling on unapproved reporters who asked unapproved questions, and it just went off the it did. rails. And he looked so much worse yesterday. I, I'm, I'm shocked at how bad he looked, at how the long pauses that he took, him not being able to follow his train of thought, forgetting the question. It was so much worse than I remember from his other press conferences. It's like the drugs aren't working anymore. Well, it's um, not, that's not what they said over on uh, NBC or CBS. Here's Yamichi Alcindor, the formerly of uh, PBS, now of whatever she's, NBC, who's always there. She's the, uh, the, the Zoftic woman who's generally in the front row. And she's a complete uh, bootlicking stooge for the Biden administration. She says, President Biden, in the longest news conference in presidential history, <laughs> How is that true? But Trump did like three hours a day during COVID initially. She said he made news, pushed back on critics, called out lies, took responsibility for mistakes he believes no. he made, expressed surprise at the GOP, talked foreign policy, and didn't lash out at reporters. Quite the change, says Yamichi. Oh. What I mean, this is what you can count on if you're a Democrat. You can count on absolute shameless stooges, just shills who will prop you up, literally <laughs> prop you up before the world and say black is white, up is down, the sky is purple. All, That's these, what phonies, you get. all these phonies on Twitter that you mentioned, if they would have seen, if he weren't the president, they'd just seen this old feeble man right, talk right. for a half an hour like that on video somewhere, they would have felt horrible for him they would have thought that he was in a bad position that someone was making him do this just just take take the president part out of it he he was i've he is so bad he's in such decline i can't you know i'll give you credit because you're not complete right-wing zealot like me i mean everyone will say i would never give him credit and and maybe i wouldn't but at least if it were you know, Pete Buttigieg, I wouldn't say he's senile. I wouldn't say he's washed. I wouldn't say he's a rotted old cantaloupe. Yeah. If it were Pete Buttigieg, I would disagree with everything. I'd say he might be lying, but I would say he's lucid. This is on top of, uh, obviously, you know, senility and, and incoherence is flat out lies. I mean, the, the whole voter ID thing, well, I'll, I'll get to it again. I'll do it every damn day. I don't care. It's one of the biggest lies, presidential lies I've ever seen. He knows when no one's being denied their voter rights. They know voter ID is popular with the American people and everybody. I, I've, I said this before. I think there's 47 countries in the European Union. All of them require voter ID. Europe, you know, Western Europe, who we should be like because Greta lives there and, and, and they, they care about climate change. They check IDs. We don't, we, 
we most people, 80% of the public, including most black people, most Hispanics, want to check voter ID. Everybody does. It has nothing to do with Jim Crow. It is a lie. And it's a lie that he can tell knowing the media will carry his water, will carry his, his message, and they do. And it's despicable. It's not nearly as despicable with, uh, than what he had to say as, as what he had to say about uh, Afghanistan, yeah. which is just, just beneath even him. It's just contemptible. We'll get to that. And some of the other highlights and lowlights. And uh, I upset some of uh, Michelle Wu's fans last night when I mocked and ridiculed. She's looking for a, a, a Green New Deal czar for the city of Boston, because God knows this little dot on the map here in, uh, in, in New England is going to affect climate change. God, these people are just getting nuttier by the day, including Nate Burleson, you know, Nate Burleson, NFL analyst, former NS, NFL player. He knows why they had a, uh, uh, an earthquake in Tonga. And a tsunami. He's got to, he's got to figure it out. <laughs> I'm just going to give it a, give you, give, give you a hint. If you use a paper straw or paper bags, you are not to blame. It's not your fault. Plastic straw people, it's on you. It's on you. We'll get to that and a lot more in today's Callahan Show, presented as always by DCU. Do you love your car but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU, and they can help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and the loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at DCU dot org slash refinance insured by ncua membership required well i have to admit he uh, he screwed up my day because he went so long biden just kept going and going and maybe if i weren't so you know unhinged i could just walk away but yes. i couldn't it was it was the ultimate car wreck we are just watching and saying how long can he go will there be a point where jen saki or ron Klain or dr jill comes out from behind the curtain grabs him by the elbow, you know, like they do when he's at the grocery store yes. and Direct he won't stop away. playing with the uh, cucumbers or something. And they got, come on, come on, come on. And, and, and you thought they would drag him off stage. If he had an earpiece, he wasn't listening. He just stayed out there and embarrassed himself forever. It just seemed to not end and he won't do it again. There won't be another press conference like that. He's only done two in a year. I'm going to guess uh, the next one in be late in 2023. We will not see uh, another one of those, at least not where he's calling on unapproved reporters to ask unapproved questions. But is he going to have the strength to do the State of the Union, though, live, or is he just going to pass Ooh, that thing in? That's a good question. State of the Union, yeah, because, I mean, I think he'll obviously spends most days in, uh, in his, one of his beach house, one of his mansions, oceanfront mansions, He'll stay there for a month practicing with his people. He won't do anything else. He'll read the teleprompter. They'll get him through, I don't know, 45 minutes. And they'll, it's not as hard as it looks because there's so much applauding, especially if you're, you know, a Democrat and you got all you, you got to do is say, what I did, Jim Crow and uh, Yana Presley and everyone else will stand up and cheer and you can catch your breath. He'll get through it. Again, I'll predict that he'll get through it. It'll be terrible, but they'll say, oh, he exceeded expectations. Yeah. He didn't. I mean, not many people said he exceeded expectations, but he said it. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> that, to me, is one of the funniest parts when he starts bragging about, I don't think any president has accomplished as much as I have 
in the first year? And he actually said that no president had as much on their plate. I'm like, World War II? I mean, they're, they're, what are you talking about? <laughs> World, right. Think World War II, Vietnam, Vietnam 9-11, I mean, the Civil War. You think uh, Abe Lincoln had as much on his plate? I'm, I'm stealing this one from Ben Shapiro, who said he didn't have the worst first year of any president uh, of the 46 presidencies. Didn't have the worst. It's third. Uh, William Henry Harrison and James Garfield both died in <laughs> office. That is definitely worse, but he's done. Well, that's probably a little worse. But of those who are still standing after 365 days, it's not even close. This was the biggest disaster after one year. And again, he was handed a winning card. He was handed three vaccines. He was handed an economy that was ready to bounce back. He was handed relative peace everywhere. Middle East, Russia, China, Afghanistan. This this was primed to be a good year, even for a bumbling buffoon, if he just didn't screw it up. And he could have won the the COVID narrative too, if he just what we all thought I, that he would just open up, open everything up, uh, up, and just like not talk about COVID anymore uh, when he got elected. But that's not what he did. He doubled down on it and started right. started new mandates and things. And he right, uh, he became obsessed uh, with the Fauci narrative of don't talk about natural immunity, don't talk about physical fitness. Yeah, you know, just just mask everybody up, sell the peer the the panic porn, the fear. That's what he does, sells the fear, and uh, it didn't work. But here's three, here's a couple things he didn't mention, and God, this annoys me. There were no questions on, well, actually, I'm sorry. I was going to say there were no questions on the border. There were lots of questions on the border. Unfortunately, it was the border of Ukraine and Russia. That's the border that seems to matter to Democrats and, and, and permanent Washington, some Republicans too, these, uh, these, these neocons, I think we're going to war. I don't know how big a war. But we're going to war in the Ukraine. Hope not. Which, I, me too. I've said many times. I'm I'm gonna you know I'm dying my hair. I'm gonna get a nose ring. I'm going yeah. to Harvard Square <laughs> with all the hippies, and I'm gonna protest because I've never done that before. I'm gonna be an anti-war zealot if this buffoon in the White House sends anybody to combat, you know, to protect the Ukraine or Ukraine. I understand he's got a lot of money. His family has a lot of money at stake. His son was taken 83000 a month uh, from uh, a U- corrupt Ukraine company. They lowered it to 50000 when, uh, you know, his he wasn't nearly as influential. Uh, uh, when his dad um, w- was out of office, they lowered it to 50000 But I still think his family's making a hell of a lot of money in Ukraine, so it'll be interesting to see whether he'll actually go to war. But he said he's not going to, and this was the big takeaway for a lot of the media, he will not uh, uh, whatever attack, take action. If Putin, if Russia just has a minor incursion, <laughs> I know, quote, that's... minor incursion. What does that look like? Dead, <laughs> yeah. He invited Putin to invade, but not full scale invasion. Just, I don't know, just take the oil. Not, I don't, not, what do you do? Not What's a minor the, incursion? Yeah, not march to the capital. If you keep casualties under, say, a few hundred, <laughs> yeah, just, what are the metrics, but? Yeah, just kill, just kill a few, and you know, take some land, but not all the land, and uh, that that will be okay. But after that, oh, Biden's going to put his foot down. But he didn't talk about the border with Mexico, where people are streaming across. Nor did he talk about the fentanyl scourge in this country. It's only killed two hundred thousand in the last two years. A uh, hell of a lot more people than Russia has killed. More Americans. He didn't talk about the kids. 
that he nuked in Kabul to save face, the 10 innocent people, seven children. He didn't talk about the crime wave. He didn't talk about the uh, Soros-backed DAs. He didn't say much about masks. He didn't talk about immigration, period. He left out a lot. But it is amazing how these stooges in the media dance for their guy. They made it clear, if you haven't seen it yet, it was not even subtle. They made it clear they wanted questions about Ukraine and the, the, the trained SEALs in the Washington press corps doing the bidding of their guy, Joe Biden, cooperated. They asked about 100 friggin' questions about Ukraine, nothing about the Mexican border, the southern border, well, nothing and, and, about fentanyl. And they're totally on his side because then afterwards when people were like Tucker were post pushing back on on um, whether or not it was a good idea to uh, to get into a war with Russia, people are call, calling them treasonous. So it, it's working. <laughs> I know, and, and Tucker makes a great point. I mean, if Ukraine were to join NATO, which would be insane, but if they were, um, it would be like, you know, Canada or Mexico joining an alliance with China a military or Russia. Alliance. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's obviously... Uh, well, at least uh, it's... Pro- at the very least... It's obviously an act of aggression. It's provocative, but, yes. But, but, I mean... Tucker asked the question every night, what's the national interest? What's the United Americans national interest in Ukraine other than protecting Hunter Biden's monthly uh, bribes, the the, the dirty money that scumbag is getting from from Ukraine and by the way, kicking 10% to the big guy. Other than that, what are we fighting for well, in Ukraine? What do we care? And you make a great point about all the things that he didn't touch yesterday, all the things he didn't talk about. But none of those things that you mentioned are winning positions anymore for him. He'll get destroyed if he talks about any of those things, Afghanistan, mask mandates, all that stuff, um, losing narratives for him. So he's trying to find another narrative that might win. Maybe it's I, maybe it's the Ukraine. Maybe it's the voter stuff. Who knows? I'm not sure. I'm not sure uh, why someone wouldn't ask about the southern border. I'm not sure what he would have said, but they didn't. They cooperated. There were a couple of tough questions. We can get to those again. It was an hour plus into the thing, and he stopped looking at his little note card. As I tweeted, it will never not be embarrassing to see the commander-in-chief, the most powerful man in the world, the leader of the free world, pull out a note card to see who should who. He has who has been uh, uh, arranged to ask him softball questions. It's embarrassing for everybody. It's embarrassing for the alleged reporters, quote unquote reporters. It's embarrassing for him. It's embarrassing for the country that this is our leader who can't look out at a group of friendly reporters and say, "Okay, you're next. You're next. Like Trump did, like most presidents have done. He has to look at his little card and say, "Okay, uh, you meet, you meet, you meet. (laughs) And then wait for a friendly softball question. But for whatever reason, he stopped going down the list. Maybe he reached the end of the list and started as he actually, I don't think called on Peter Ducey. Peter Ducey forced himself and asked a question that he kind of blew off. And there's another one from, uh, from Newsmax about his cognitive fitness. We can get to that, but I do want to start with this because I've talked about it since August 26th. And I've often said the list of things Biden has done that have uh, that are impeachable, that are much, much worse than anything Trump did to earn his two impeachments. That list starts, of course, with Afghanistan. And if you don't remember, we pulled out hastily from Afghanistan because Joe Biden wanted a photo up on 9-11. He wanted to say, we're done. We're out of Afghanistan. It was a disaster by any measure. There was it, it was a terrible plan. 
He will sit there and talk about how everybody wanted to get out of Afghanistan. It was a billion dollars or whatever he said, a billion dollars a month. A trillion and then uh, he said did, a billion, yeah. And, 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 and that's not the question anyway. The question is, why did we do it that way? Why did you give up Bagram? Why did you pull out the military before the civilians? Why did you leave people behind? But worse than that is he, he because of this idiotic plan, given up the airfield and, by the way, all the weaponry and all the prisoners, all the prisoners who were just set free by the Taliban, giving all that up and then keeping our military in sitting ducks at the airport resulted in 13 Marines and soldiers getting blown up and or shot by Islamic terrorists. And I believe one of them was released from the prison at Bagram. Um, this was a move that, that was preventable, avoidable. It was a disaster. It got these young people, and we've talked about it many times. I think five or six of them weren't even, they were 19 or 20 years yeah, old. I know uh, I, I heard Jesse Kelly last night read all the names. It is amazing that this president who did this wasn't asked about it once until last uh, yesterday. Until yesterday, this buffoon in the White House never was held accountable in any way. No one in his little one-on-one, -on -one, you know, whatever, uh, you know, foot massages he get from Steffi Stephanopoulos or whoever, Chuck Todd, they never said, why did you, you know, what do you have to say to the families? He's never been asked to apologize, to explain it to these 13 heroes who were, were most of them were kids, fresh-faced little kids. He had, he got them blown up when it wasn't necessary. It was a mistake. It was him trying to get a photo op for 9-11. Think of that, the scandal that is. You got 13 Marines and soldiers killed, blown up in cold blood because you were trying to get a photo op, rush this thing for 9-11. I was just looking at one of, one of the, um, you remember uh, Sergeant Johanny Rosario Pichardo? Johanny, Sergeant Johanny Rosario is from Lawrence. Yeah. He was a Marine. She was blown up. She was killed on August 26th. Do you think he even would know that name? Do you think he would even ever think to reach out to the family? Well, I, I will just say we don't have to make this about Trump. Trump would have Trump would have reached out to the family. This guy is so cold, just so callous. The biggest myth, I think, in, in, in American political history is that this guy had compassion and empathy. Maybe no, not at all. Maybe Yamichi sold that, but I've never seen a more cold-hearted uh, elected leader than this guy. He still doesn't feel at all remorseful, regretful about leaving these 13 in harm's way and getting them blown up. Then, at least, at least he, uh, I, I guess he was asked about that. He wasn't asked about the seven kids that he got droned, that he ordered to be droned. Ten innocent people, including an ally, and seven children. We've seen their pictures. And he's never been asked about it. It is remarkable the way he is protected by these alleged reporters, media people. That should be your first question. What about those seven innocent children you blew up in Kabul? Well, and your generals called it a righteous strike. Do you actually that's really right. think that it is? Do you think that that's the case? Is it a righteous strike? You killed and seven never, kids. Never forget, Mark Milley called it a righteous strike when he knew, he knew it were, they were children that they knew, innocent children. But why did he do that? He did it, what was that, a couple of days after the August 26th uh, yes. attack on a truth? He did it again to save face. He rushed into that to say, look, 
we killed some terrorists after they killed our guys. Well, he also got some we, water bottles too. So that's right. That. It was, it, I mean, it's scandalous by any definition. If we had an honest media, this guy would have been uh, in an honest Congress. This guy would have been impeached 10 times over for that. I mean, honest to God, he's asked about it. And this kind of flew under the radar for a lot of people because they were obsessed with his stupid comments about Ukraine or about other, about election integrity. Yeah. But he said, I make no apologies. Now, I understand that you're going to pretend that you just, all you want to do is get out of Afghanistan, which is what everyone else wanted to do. But here's, an, here's a suggestion, just as a human being, you friggin', you, 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 here's a suggestion. You do make apologies to the families of the 13. You say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you lost your loved one. We, you know, we, we want to get out of Afghanistan. It was dangerous. We, we did our best. We, we really, really feel bad. We apologize. You know why he doesn't say that? Because he doesn't feel that way. He doesn't feel that way. And it's not like he was successful at any other part of this withdrawal. He botched the entire thing, leaving all the military equipment there. It's a more destabilized region than it was before. He, and the loss of life. Like, and, he and the have done of weak, show of weakness. Not only weakness, it just shows this manipulative, shallow, political guy who doesn't give a damn about his own troops, his own Marines, or kids, his own allied guys, kids. Do we have that one lined up, the question, because he babbled on, but he did say, no apologies. And I've been asking since August 26th is when, when is someone going to ask him? When is he going to be held accountable for this, 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 this heinous you know, lack of, of, of concern and compassion for our own troops? It's disgusting. But he was finally asked about it, and he finally explained he doesn't feel bad at all. Yeah, I can. I'll play it. It's a longer cut, so just uh, let me know if you. Let's. Uh, I mean, I know not everybody can see it. Not everybody has uh, viewed the video, but the pauses are real. The 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 incoherence is real. He's looking around. He's he's just not all there. And this is one of the best examples of the of uh, you know of yesterday's one hundred and twelve minute uh, show. There are deep questions among Americans about the competence of government, from the messy rollout of 5G this week, to the Afghanistan withdrawal, to testing on COVID. What have you done to restore Americans' faith in the competence of government? And are you satisfied by the view of the competence of your government? Look, let's take Afghanistan. I know you all would like to focus on that, which is legitimate. We were spending a trillion dollars a week. I mean, a billion dollars a week in Afghanistan for 20 years. Raise your hand if you think anyone was going to be able to unify Afghanistan under one single government. It's been the graveyard of empires for a solid reason. It is not susceptible to unity. Is that the word? Number one. So, the question Not was, the do I continue to spend that much money per week in the state of Afghanistan? Country. Knowing that, the idea that being able to succeed, other than sending more body bags back home, is highly, highly unusual. Unlikely. My dad used to have an expression. Oh, He'd say, son, if everything's equally important to you, nothing's important to you. There is no way 
to get out of Afghanistan after 20 years easily. Not possible, no matter when you did it. And I make no apologies for what I did. I have a great concern for the women and men who were blown up on the line at the airport by a terrorist attack against them. But the military will acknowledge, and I think you will, who know a lot about foreign policy, that had we stayed and I had not pulled those troops out, we would be asked to put somewhere between 20 and 50,000 more troops back in. I thought it was, because the that, only reason why Americans weren't that's being a, killed. You know, I, I, that's a flat-out lie. I thought it was like I mean, uh, two or three Did he sound like he has great concern for those troops that he left in harm's way to get blown up? He does not. As he says, did he sound like he gave a damn? Did he, did, do you think he knows how many? Do you think he knows there were 13? Do you think he knows any of their, their, their you know, do you think he knows there were Marines, there were soldiers, there was a corpsman? Do you think he knows there was a woman, Johanny Rosario Pichardo from Lawrence, Massachusetts? Do you think he no. gives a damn? No, he, I mean, he is just so heartless and so cruel. It is amazing that people thought he was going to bring decency back to the White House. Decency? This guy who says, babbling on about the cost. This is a guy who says, this is a, hardcore tax and spend liberal who suddenly cares oh it's just costing the taxpayers too much money there were no combat deaths for a year and a half this this rash uh, pullout withdrawal led to the death of 13 marines and soldiers and he says hey no one thought it'd be easy well maybe if you didn't pull the troops out before the civilians maybe if you didn't give up bagram maybe if you didn't leave them with 85 billion and advanced U.S. weaponry, maybe if it didn't allow them to open the prisons, maybe there wouldn't be 13 dead Marines and soldiers. Maybe you wouldn't, you know, feel so bad. And and I know we, we don't have to listen to this, but then he goes on to try to minimize Afghanistan. He's like, so am I concerned about the women and, and uh, the children in Afghanistan or something to that effect? And then he says, but he says, but I'm also concerned with how things are in the Congo. He starts like naming other things that, that he's concerned with. And it's like, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Minimize this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, they get some what? bad people in Afghanistan, but the Congo too. Ugh. I mean, oh, that's another thing, but it doesn't even get mentioned. Like the murders, over a thousand murders in Chicago. It doesn't even come up. Right. You know, a thousand and lots of kids the other day, there was what, uh, something like four, four or five kids I saw. Four or yeah. five teenagers, 13, 15, 16, murdered. And I'm looking at the story going, how is this not a bigger story? How is this not more important than, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, election integrity? That friggin' lie. It's just amazing. But he wouldn't know. I will give him credit for this. I don't think he knows. He just doesn't know. He doesn't know enough. He doesn't have the capacity, the capability to really know what, kind of a disaster Afghanistan was. He just, they tell him one thing and he goes with it and he sits down, has his soup and watches Wheel of Fortune. He's not engaged. That to me was the most infuriating answer. Other ones, other answers were concerning, embarrassing, hilarious, but that was the most concerning. Um, we can get to the, the tough questions. I, I don't want to play it, but I think my favorite question from these absolute embarrassments uh, alleged reporters was when a reporter a grown man got up with his mask and he took the mic and he asked him why haven't we able to, been able to vax children under five you know why you know what's going on why is we still don't have a vaccine for kids under five that's his concern this is a reporter with all the troubles in the world he wants to force vaccines on babies who don't need them but damn it he wants to show everybody that he 
is pro-vax and he wants to stop the virus and he's virtuous. That was a reporter. And not, I mean, that was the most humiliating moment, I thought. But he kept repeating this line where he said, uh, what are Republicans for? Can you tell me? What are they for? What are they for? I'm, I'm, I'll tell you, they're for the, the wall and southern border. They're for you know, stopping the drugs from coming over the southern border. They're for, you know, I don't know, lower taxes. They're for not getting 13 Marines and soldiers blown up. What are they for? Everyone knows what they're for. They're for things that you're against. They're for voter ID. How's that? He acted like no one knows what, and he kept saying it, like they they poll tested it or something, and people kept repeating it. And I'm going, what, what, what is your point here? Everybody knows they're for things and you're against things, and it wasn't a great mystery. We're, we're for checking IDs at the, at the voting booth. Was that so hard to understand? But Anyway, what do you, what else we got? Let's get to a couple of these other stupid answers. I mean, there's a ton of stuff. There's the question about uh, polling, the one where there's a lot of stops and starts that Greg Price tweeted out that I played. Oh, that's a, a good around. one. That's that could be the most concerning two minutes where he just loses it, loses his train of thought, starts rambling. That's the one he's rambling about MSNBC and Fox. I think that might be the one. Yeah. And how ratings are down on cable news. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Right here. It is. All right. Let's let's listen to that. Asking asking about how badly he's doing in the polls. 5%. One poll meant 49%. I mean, the idea that um, the American public are trying to we sift the way through <laughs> what's real and what's, and what's fake. And I don't think as uh, I've never seen a time when The political coverage, the, the choice of what political coverage the voter looks to. This is the president. Has as much impact on as what they believe. They go the to get reinforced in their views, whether it's uh, MSNBC or whether it's Fox or whatever. I mean, and one of the things I find fascinating that's happening, and you all are dealing with it every day, and it will impact on, on how things move is that uh, a lot of the speculation in the polling data shows that the um, that the uh, cables are heading south. The cables are heading south. The cables are, heading south. Um, the cables are going over it, the Mexican border. I don't mind watching him flail and stumble and bumble because I'm not a fan. Can no. you imagine being a big supporter? You know, you're Tom Hanks. Who, by the way, they're rolling out today, Tom Hanks, to narrate some video on how great <sighs> Biden's doing. You're, you're Jen Psaki, you're Jill Biden, you're some big supporter. That is like watching your your third grader in the school play oh. trying to get through her lines. You say, just get through the lines, just make it through, or in the dance recital, just don't stumble. I can't imagine. But at least your on- kid, at least your kid doesn't have a finger on the nuke. Like, <laughs> like that's cute. This is not cute. This is scary. It is. That's the guy who's going to decide whether troops go into the go to Ukraine to fight nuclear powered Russia. <laughs> that's a guy who 81 million people voted for. They so, didn't really vote for him. They voted against the other guy. But I'm telling you, there's got to be a time where people just uh, uh, who voted for or so, put him in office. So have people, some explaining to do. Explain to me what you would think in here, because he's just not up for the job. So he's asked about how he's like his poll. His polling's bad. People think he's doing a bad job. And he's asked about that, and he somehow gets to cable viewership. I don't. 
He's like, he is, he, I don't understand the connections that he's making. They should go with the earpiece and have someone tell him what to say. Cause well, I don't think he had the earpiece so, and I think he lost track of the teleprompter and he just went gone. off the rails. Well, Susie and, and Susie in our chat says that, uh, thinks that someone is actually talking into his ear and that's why the long pauses. He's just like, say this, say this, say this, say this. Maybe that could be it. Well, it ain't working. The no. system, they need a new system when he does his next press conference in two years. But, uh, uh, we have to move on, but let's get to, I want to get to the question, but Peter Ducey was okay. Cause he forced himself and he said, why are you dragging the country so far to the left? It's a good question, but he said, I'm not, I'm not Bernie Sanders. And he is, but he's never going to admit it. He is just a vessel for the far left. That's why they, you know, he went to Georgia and they gave that embarrassing speech about Jim Crow and about uh, Connor, uh, Bull Connor and everything else that blew up on his face, but that's what the you know, squad wants. That's what Liz Warren wants. They want this radical leftist uh, nonsense and he's, uh, and he's doing what he's told, but we got to get to James Rosen from Newsmax. He just, he's former Fox guy, just joined Newsmax. He jumped in with a question. I don't think he was on the list. In fact, I know he wasn't on the list. It was kind of a long winded question, but it was tactful. And the question was a good one. Is this, are you, cognitively fit for the job but can we hear this and hear his brief answer yeah max i'd like to um i'd like to raise a delicate subject uh, but with utmost respect for your life accomplishments and the high office you hold a poll released this morning by politico morning consult found 49 percent of registered voters disagreeing with the statement Joe Biden is mentally fit. Not even a majority of Democrats who responded uh, strongly affirmed that statement. Well, I'll let you all make the judgment whether they're correct. Well, Thank so you. the question I have for you, sir, if you'd let me finish, is why do you suppose such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns about your cognitive fitness? Thank you. I have no idea. Yes, sir. And he moves on. He moves on. I have no idea. At least he, I, hey, he didn't screw that up. He got through it. He didn't uh, give a very. Uh, no, he could. Uh, I, I think he would like to lash out because he's an angry yeah. old man, but he didn't. So I'll give him credit. And he didn't lash out at Peter Ducey either. He got mad at reporters a couple of times. I love the idea. The notion that he didn't lash out at reporters like Trump. Uh, yes, he did. Oh, the Bull Connor question. He, he got mad. Yeah, he got mad a couple times from, from unapproved reporters who asked unapproved questions. There'll be no more of that. I can tell you that. I don't know when his next press conference will be, but there'll be no more of that. It was scary. I think you're right. I can We can laugh. I can laugh and mock and ridicule, but it is scary to think you got this, the world on the brink in many ways. Hell, you, know, you still got the virus. You still got China and you got Russia and you got Ukraine. You got the southern border and you got fentanyl and you got this absolute empty shell of a man at the controls it is scary three more years one more year we've got control of both houses of congress not that it matters he can't you know can't pass his done. voter fraud bill but thankfully late night if you missed it uh they took a vote they put everyone on record 50 to 48 against repealing eliminating the filibuster against nationalizing our elections and banning voter id so uh good guys won the majority, the public won on that one. The voters won because that was just a radical, that was a coup from the radical fringe and it failed 
thankfully, even though they got Biden to, you know, to, to, to push it, it didn't work. Thankfully, he lost another one, another L. It's in a, no in a year of L's for Zero this wins. president, and uh, that's a good thing for all of us. All right, we got more to get to. We got to get to this uh, this Green New Deal in Boston. We're going to stop climate change for uh, in our little in our little city. We got ways we're going to do it. We're going to stop climate change. And today, I'm not sure what how this is going to sound, but you think Tom Hanks is going to save this flailing administration today when the uh, he narrates a video? It's impossible. On how how we've got. Shots in arms, 200 million people fully vaccinated. Not that it matters, but we got shots in arms. We created 6 million jobs. Of course, we lost 10 million during the pandemic, so we didn't actually get them all back. You know, inflation's through the roof, but, you know, that's a good thing. Tom Hanks is going to tell us sometime today. I don't know. I think uh, Tom Hanks can do it, and it won't be, uh, like, annoying or infuriating. You'll just say, oh, because he's Tom Hanks. But I don't think it's going to change a lot of minds. But no. uh, anyway, we will get to that and a lot more. Today's Callahan Show brought to you by ExpressVPN. The problem with big tech companies is that not only do they censor what you read, but they track what you do online. They track what you're searching for, the videos you watch and everything you click on. They use this data to serve you ads, and they can match your activity to your true identity. Think about everything you browse, search for, watch, tweeted. They use this data and turn it into a product. The same big tech companies who are largely responsible for cancel culture are using your information to profit off it. That's why we use ExpressVPN, and you should do. ExpressVPN is a simple tool that protects you from big tech companies by hiding your identity and your online habits. ExpressVPN disguises you and prevents big tech from tracking your online activity and turning you into a product. Protect your privacy by going to expressvpn.com slash Callahan. Support this show. Strike back against big tech and keep identity thieves at bay. Did you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business it is to buy and sell your data? The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or even get your consent. But you can protect yourself with ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN masks your internet connection and location, which stops third parties from identifying you and harvesting your data. And the best part is, it's really easy to use on your computer, phone, or tablet. Just go to expressvpn.com slash Callahan and sign up today. Install it in seconds. And once you do, protecting yourself online is just one click away. Go to expressvpn.com slash Callahan. All right, the intersection of sports culture and politics is at the heart of a new weekly podcast, The Long Game with LZ and Leach. Because sticking to sports is just, in in 2022, it's not possible. Sports extends beyond what happens on the field, court, or pitch. It's in everything, which is why LZ Grandison and Will Leach cover the expanding world of sports and how the events on the field affect events off the field and vice versa. New episodes are out every Wednesday, so you can head to therecount.com or your preferred podcast platform to listen to all available episodes. I, last night, I, I I laugh when people like in like a town, like a select, uh, like a like a city councilman or somebody or a mayor, talks about we need to do something about climate change. Uh, we need to you know sustainability. We need the green new deal. We need the electric school buses and you know compost and everything else. And you're going, uh, your job is to you know to make sure the school starts on time and the and the kids get there and and you know the streets are plowed. The idea, and I know these are all idealists and 
the idea that you um, have any effect on the world. I mean, even if you're, I don't know, Biden or G or Putin, you don't really affect the weather, but they, you know, at least you could make the case that you affect the, America's 14% of the world population. We could do everything, everything AOC wants us to do and Ed Markey wants us to do, spend trillions, refit buildings, you know, electric everything, and it still won't affect the weather, but at least you could say we're a large, you know, we're a fairly large part of the world. When you're a little city and you say your mayor is going to affect climate change, you should be laughed out of the room. That should not be taken seriously. And when it is, I don't know, it just, it annoys me. I find, uh, I find it silly that a grown up, a person, unless you're just, a, you know, like a college kid or something, uh, how you could buy that, believe that. Well, I, you know, mocked uh, the city of Boston. Michelle Wu was looking for a Green New Deal czar, like a green, I'll get the exact title they're looking for, but they're looking for someone to help us with climate change uh, initiatives, it's green initiatives. Green New Deal advisors, which is a Green for. New Deal advisor for a city of 680,000. And we're, we have 89 square miles. That's a little tiny dot on the map. It really is. Just pretend you're a total lunatic, you know, a moon bat, Carano. How could that person who's going to be working at City Hall and, you know, drive, driving a city-owned Prius or maybe a Tesla, and they're going to have, you know, no plastic bags in their office or plastic straws, paper everything, and they're going to have signs that say how virtuous they are. How could that person affect the climate? Can you don't, tell me? I don't think so. I mean, I do. I, I could. You can. You can want your city to, to be the most efficiently run possible. And by making it the most efficiently run uh, possible, you save money and it's better for the environment. So you could take that tact, but it's, but you're one ten thousandth of the world in terms of population. So unless bigger groups of people, it's a coordination issue with bigger groups of people in order to make effect if you want to. I understand. And then the only other thing that I think one should do if you're in that position, if you're a position of leadership is advocate for the use of nuclear power. And I know that that's not her decision. She can't do that. That's uh, I think those are federal licenses, actually. But she could advocate on on behalf of a, a more efficient energy source like like nuclear. I'd be fine with that. Hey, but you just know what? To, like, that would take some balls. It would take some brains and some balls to actually be a, a local leader who's, um, uh, you know, Liz Warren disciple. It was a big liberal from from Harvard to say, you know what? We should crank up all the nuclear plants. We shouldn't be shutting them down. We should be building new ones. That yes. would take some guts it would. and thought. They don't do that. This is all about just, uh, this is just about virtue signaling. It is. Look at me. Popular. I mean, oh, uh, oh, she just deleted it. The singer Kay Hanley. I know, I noticed. I noticed that, yeah. Tweeting at me, and I was tweeting, and she was attacking me, which is fine, and I was responding. She deleted it. Uh, Yeah, she didn't want to get into it. (laughs) uh, But, uh, you know, she said, at least we're trying to do something. And And I write back, you know, I, I know you think she's a big liberal that there's a bottomless pit of taxpayer money that you can use for these, you know, romantic uh, I hate, ideas I hate. and say, Oh, let's uh, retrofit and let's make everything electric. But this is how they think. I mean, I think your hardworking taxpayer would say you could use my money in a better way there, than that. There's little more that I hate than that argument of, Oh, well, we should do something. At least we're doing right. something. It's like, no, actually, if you do something and it's the wrong thing, you'll do a lot worse. So, uh, do the right thing. Inaction is better than doing the wrong thing. The worst thing is we're, is we're warping young minds. They sit there and they sing a city or their town or their college 
you know, on our campus, if we do sustainability and green this and green that, then you go, what's the end game? What will result from that? Will it get, will the war, world not be as warm or something? Or will we not die in eight years? We are lying to children and those children are believing these lies. And in many times, in many ways, in many cases, they become fanaticized. They, they do. become you know, they well, kids are idealists. Kids are idealists. They're gonna, they, they you right. know, they want to help and they want to change the world. They see, they're optimistic. They see the world ahead of them. So yeah, you're weaponizing these idealist uh, people, young people. You're telling them if they just do this, get rid of the plastic bags, they could change the temperature of the earth. And I know you have to be kind of dumb to believe that, but lots of people believe it. And as I said, uh, okay, Kay Hanley, she didn't delete all her tweets. She's also attacking me for not being hopeful and being so negative. So, <laughs> so it's like. You're hopeful or you're whatever, uh, you know, like optimistic. If you say, let's take many, many millions of taxpayer money and throw it at this nonsense. Uh, but some people, I, I understand some people are stupid. Lots of people are stupid. Lots of college kids are stupid and they'll believe anything. But there are smart people, otherwise smart people, who I don't know if they believe it, but they say it and they sell it like, you know, Liz Warren. Ed Markey's a dummy, but AOC's a dummy. But there are smart people who sit there and talk about, oh, uh, climate change. And so, like that billionaire owner of the Golden State Warriors, Chamath, saying, I care about climate change. I don't know how smart Nate Burleson is. He's certainly accomplished a lot so far in his broadcasting career. He played in the NFL. He's on the show with Boomer Esiason and Phil Sims. And he's on Nickelodeon. And he's and he's on, what is he on? CBS, CBS Morning. Sports? Yeah, he's with. What's uh, the morning show he's on? I think it's CBS Mornings is what I just caught him on and with Gail I King. Knew, I knew this was coming as soon as you saw that earthquake in Tonga. Oh, yeah. Someone was going to do it. caused tidal wave and you saw the destruction. I was just waiting. I thought it would be someone really stupid like Joy Behar who say, oh, see, this is why we need a Green New Deal. And they and it's almost such a ridiculous leap that you don't expect any reasonable, rational adult to make it to say, ooh, if we just adopt the Green New Deal and, and, and have more electric cars, then we won't have earthquakes in Tonga. But, you know, <laughs> Nate Burleson didn't let me down. He made the connection. Do we have that sound? Telephone communication to Tonga is slowly starting to return since the eruption, but it could take weeks to restore the Internet service. Three of its smaller islands suffered serious damage from tsunami waves that reached almost 50 feet high. Guys, that is high. That's a five-story building. Yes, easily. Wow. Those you know, pictures tell the story. We yeah. talk about climate change quite yes. a bit. And yep. These stories are a harsh reality of what we're going through, and we have to do our part. Because these are more frequent. Yes, yeah. And if you're on the West Coast, the clock is ticking on the big yeah, one. People yeah. are worried. Oh, God. So, so people, wait, wait, so, that idiot is like, people are worried. So with the big one, he must mean uh, a big earthquake. So right. he's, he's making the connection and saying, oh, we got to do something about climate change right now. Or the big earthquake is going to hit San Francisco. It's like, you think, you think climate change is affecting plate tectonics? Uh, they don't know what that is, but yes, it, th this is the point we've reached where if you want to be a good, not just a good liberal, just a, you want to be accepted. You don't want to be viewed as a, as a troglodyte. You have to buy into the religion of climate change, and that takes faith. Faith is believing in something without proof, believing in something where there's an obvious lack of proof. You have faith in God, faith in, in Jesus Christ, faith in whatever, your religion. 
You have to have faith in the religion of climate change, which means you don't ask questions. No. You don't say, how the hell would my whatever, my SUV in New England create an earthquake in Tonga? It's absurd on its face, but you sound virtuous. You know, you sound concerned. Like, I, I care about the earth. So I think we got to take action or the next earthquake is going to wipe out San Francisco as if there were no earthquakes 100 years ago or 500 years ago, or a million years ago. It's all about, you know, the industrial revolution and, and fossil fuels. It's silly, but this is what our kids are being taught and uh, adults are, are are buying into, mostly to keep, you know, the mob at bay. You don't Pretty want much. to question yeah. this nonsense, or they'll come for you. But, all right, well, uh, I'm, I had a couple of people ask if I was going to apply for the job of oh. a new Green Deal czar. You should. I mean, I'd love I could, to see that I could walk to work at City Hall. I could walk to work. I could be a, a part of this and change the world. I could change the temperature of the the core temperature of the earth if I just. That could be your legacy. Got, yeah, that's true. I could do it. If we just got this little dot on the map to spend, I don't know, $100 million for uh, green new school buses and MBTA buses, I could change the temperature of the earth. I'd be, I, hey, Maybe I will. Maybe I'll check into it. But uh, anyway, let's do uh, let's do Shea and then let's wrap this sucker up, Carano. All right, let me tell you about Shea Concrete. I would have been telling you about Shea Concrete for a long, long time. Today, we're sitting with the man who makes it all work, the man in charge of the whole place, my brother-in-law, Greg. Hey, Greg, seems like business is booming at Shea Concrete. We're cranking that out, Jerry. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, what's holding you back these days? We could use some good help. You need people? We need people. How many people do you need? At least 20 people. 20? Well, what kind of people? We have positions driving trucks, working in the production plants, estimating engineers, all kinds. You need any podcasters? You <laughs> know, we do have the precast podcast. Well, I, I think it seems like a great place to work, as I tell people. It's a family atmosphere. You guys are good to your people. There's a great gym here at the headquarters. Uh, what's holding you back? Why can't you find people? Besides being to work on time, you have to pass the drug test. Ooh, <laughs> you have to pass a drug test. That's all it takes. All right, if people want to uh, come see you, they want to talk, what do they have to do? Bunch of ways. They can, if they want to be a team member, they can go to shakeconcrete.com, fill out an application. They can come to our, any of our offices. We got four locations. They can call me up directly. They can email jobs at shakeconcrete.com. And you'll give them a hat? And we'll give them a hat. Hats. Yep. All right, sounds good. Shakeconcrete.com. I saw a really cool, uh, nice cafeteria here. Can we go have lunch? Oh, absolutely. We got empanadas and chicken. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what they are, but I'm going to go have an empanada. All right, this, uh, we, we don't have time. No, but can, <laughs> I, can I say one more thing about the climate change thing? Of course. Like, uh, there's I, a, I, I like there, it. You're not, again, you're not unhinged like I am. I admit these no, people I, drive me insane. I get angry. And I, and I usually don't fight with people on Twitter, but Kay Hanley's the singer, kind of famous. So Letters she was getting at me. So I, you know, went back and forth with her and a, and a couple other people. I just can't believe reasonable, rational adults think things like that. They're but, also, they're missing like one main thing too. Uh, I said this before, but I'll, I just want to clarify again that that the more efficient that we produce goods and services, the better it is for the environment. The less cost to make something, the better it is for the environment because you're using less energy in order to produce it. So we should want more efficiency, but you can't. So, so all these like all these government programs where they have to take more tax dollars and they're picking winners and giving loans to places, they're, 
this is not good for the environment because they're making it less efficient. Or whenever you see a subsidy to make, you know, windmill farms, you're making it, it's, you're making, it's less, if it needs a subsidy, it's less efficient, it's worse for the environment. Keep that in mind. Yeah, and uh, they never acknowledge the progress we've made, obviously. In, if you want to measure carbon emissions, we've lowered them. You know, we've done much better than other industrial countries. I say this all the time. When I was a kid, there was litter. You know, there was air pollution. Yes. The Charles River was polluted. We've essentially eliminated, you know, we've cleaned up the Charles River, the Boston Harbor here, done it in a lot of other places. You don't see people. When I was younger, I'm, I'm old, so you, maybe you don't remember this or never saw this. You'd literally see people throw a bag of trash out the window of their car on the highway. That doesn't happen anymore. No. You can't, you can't use leaded gas. You know, <laughs> there are lots of things that you, you should consider to be great progress in the last generation. And they don't want to acknowledge that. They just want, it is the ultimate um, fear tactic. Like, if you don't buy into all this crazy New Deal stuff, we're all going to die in a ball of fire. And I understand you got to be stupid to believe that, but there's a lot of stupid people who think the world's going to end in what is what is down to eight years? Something like AOC that. Yeah. Says, I think Bernie said 10, and then AOC said eight, and then someone else said five, and uh, it'll be like a week and a half from now. If you listen to if you you know listen to all these crazy climate alarmists, but uh, I just I just think it's silly on the local level to hear some local mayor, but whatever, we've we've gone over that. Hopefully, uh, you know, more people catch on the, to this to this scam is what it is. But uh, anyway, oh uh, shoot, we shall leave it there. I knew, I knew I wouldn't have enough time to get into all the Biden nonsense, but. Hey, at least I wrapped it up quicker than he did. That's 112 true. minutes. <laughs> How about when he looked at his watch like a couple of times and said, I'll go another 20. And you're going, can you make even, it? Even, even I, me, even I'm, as who's, and I'm someone who's mocking him. I'm going, you don't want to do that, Joe. You just don't want to <laughs> do that. He's going to have to take like a month off to rest up after that mess. And by the way, when he, when he asked him about mistakes he made and what he's going to do different, do you hear the number one thing he's going to do differently? I can't remember. He's going to get out more to sell his message to the public, get out of the White House. I mean, he spends like half his time at his beachfront mansions in uh, in, in, in Delaware already, but he says he's going to get out of the White House and go talk to people. That guy thinks he's going to make things better if he gets out of the White House and talks to people I would not want to be a Democrat on the ballot in November. No. If this guy is going to go out there and campaign for you, it could be, it could be worse than even, even I'm thinking right now, it's going to be a disaster, but we shall leave it there. Don't, don't forget tomorrow. You can join us. We'll be back tomorrow, but you got to go to locals.com. I'm sorry. Callahan.locals.com. Callahan dot locals.com sorry locals dot wait a minute now you're messing me up callahan.locals.com <laughs> is what it is jesus <laughs> callahan.locals.com callahan.locals.com we go. are not free but we are cheap join our community on locals we do a show on friday we got uh we got carano's show on thursday correct is this today yeah i'll right? do uh, fringe politics tonight at six Fringe politics tonight at six. Send them a, at six. You can send them a message. I assume you read all your uh, comments. Uh, usually you... I'll read them. Yeah. And uh, some people definitely are there with me and some people watch it after. But if there are people commenting and asking me questions. If you're, if you're there live, you can comment and he'll read it. I've and, got some uh, good stuff today, too. I I, um, I have some old letters that I sent to the town administrator right at the beginning of the pandemic when they were trying to shut down masks and, and his response or trying to make mask mandates. And then his response is pretty cool. I'm going to go through that tonight. 
That's falling apart quickly. We can get into that tomorrow. But England, Scotland have already said no more masks. It's going to come to the United States and we'll have a big, big fight over it because masks, as we know, are not about public health. Masks are about virtue signaling. And there's some people who are never going to give them up. I, I'm telling you, 20 years from now, I'll be dead. You'll be and there'll be people walking around with masks. <laughs> it's going to happen. Like, Look yeah. at me. Look at me. I care. I'm trying to protect you and save us. You know, it's going to it's going to be with us for the rest of our lives. Tomorrow, I'm also going to give you my picks for the playoffs on this oh, weekend. That. That? Picks for the playoffs. I'll give you a tease. I am predicting a Green Bay, Tampa Bay, NFC title game, and I can't wait. I can't wait for all the games. Some good games this weekend. It's going to be cold as hell again, and I don't care because I'm going to be shut down. I'm going to be shut in and 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 a complete NFL playoff trance. I, I, I this is my favorite sports weekend of the whole year. This one coming up. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. We'll get into that a little bit tomorrow on locals but uh, we will leave it there for today thanks to everybody for watching for uh, listening for commenting thank you matt carano i'm jerry callahan this is the callahan show and we'll do it again tomorrow only on locals <laughs>